0: Hello, Andre here. Welcome to yet another episode of The Daily. This episode finds you on the 10th of July, Friday. It is polling day. Here in Singapore, we all have the day off. In just a few moments, some of you will be going to the polling stations. For me, I'm going to my station in the evening. And sometime tonight, we will find out who would be our elected members of parliament and who would form our government and leaders the next few years however you might be feeling about this whole election whether it be a sense of nervousness or anger or just indifference i pray for you this morning that the peace of god that which isn't built on outcomes or circumstances panning out in the right direction will guard your heart and mind in christ jesus that you will also endeavor to be a peacemaker wherever you're at Following in the way of Jesus, he has called us to be peacemakers, to extend his peace, his shalom, this idea of flourishing and wholeness wherever we go. And so I hope that regardless of the outcome, whether it be favorable or not so favorable to you, that your hearts and minds will be grounded in peace and that you will take this mission of being a peacemaker super duper seriously and bring his peace, his shalom in your interactions and your conversations. And for all that it's worth, have a great off day today. Let's begin the podcast. Just this week, I picked up one of my favourite books of all time. Now, this book... Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with this book because, uh, you know, I love uh, talking about the content, but in many ways the content has been so challenging and provoking, uh, even to my soul. And I read this book uh, at least once, if not twice a year. And it's the book by Francis Chan called Crazy Love. And I believe many of you have read the book already. It's one of Francis's most popular books. And I'm in the process right now of compiling a library of books that I would like uh, for my future children to read. I call it a family canon. And, I'm, and I think it's a, a great idea for all of us to just compile a list of books that have been really influential in our lives and hand it to the next generation and watch uh, them get impacted and uh, challenged as well. And so a book that really fits the bill for me, uh, that without a doubt should be included in my family canon is the book crazy love, and particularly the chapter which talks about uh, the profile of a lukewarm Christian. In the book, Francis lists down 12 uh, characteristic traits of a lukewarm Christian, meaning one who professes to be Christian in name but denies Christ in every way by his or her lifestyle. Now every time I read through the list, I am immensely convicted even as a pastor a full-time worker i'm so convicted with uh, my lack of passion honestly for god for his kingdom my unwillingness to move away from uh, the allure of the world my habits my preferences in order to embrace the fullness of his kingdom And I don't know whether some of you have experienced that in your life, right? Where you've perhaps heard a sermon or read a text in the Bible or read a book and are so confronted by your apathy, so confronted by your lack of passion, so confronted by your depravity. And honestly, it's a really painful and sad place to find yourself in, right? I've often uh, spiraled into despondency and despair, And at times, even hopelessness, I wonder whether I would ever change. I wonder whether I would ever live into the vision that God has for my life. I wonder if I live a life that's pleasing to him, pleasing to my father. And... Granted, I, I believe that God doesn't want us to feel hopeless and feel uh, despair and despondency, right? He is a loving Father who embraces us, who loves us even in our weakness. But I think in many times where we, you know, have such experiences, where we are confronted with our utter and total depravity, it serves as a opportune moment, a time where we are reminded that we can't live the Christian life on our own. We need God and we need his spirit. And we all recognize that it's pretty countercultural to admit that you have needs these days. If you don't know something, just google it. If you want to pick up a skill, you can look it up on a YouTube video. Want more information about something, just look it up online. You rarely, uh, if ever, need to reach out to someone when you have needs. But one thing is for certain, we can never live into the Christian life apart from God. We can never attain transformation in and of ourselves. Even as we're confronted with where we are lacking, where we are failing, self-effort has a limitation to it. Self-effort is a great place to start where we address the dysfunction, where we address areas where we're lacking and failing by... Making practical changes and shifts and abstinences in our life, but ultimately we'll come to a point where we realize we need the spirit, we need the help of He who is transformation Himself to bring forth change in our soul. And the sooner we come to that realization, the less heartache and pain we need to go through. One of the things that many of us struggle with being in a first world city state, highly educated, with information at our fingertips is pride, is what uh, many writers call the sin of independence, where we can, uh, for the most part, envision a life apart from God. Uh, some writers have called it functional atheism, where we practice faith only in times in situations where uh, it's seemingly out of our control uh, we need some kind of divine intervention that's when we exercise faith but our lives for the most part has no resemblance of a person who uh, walks in faith in a nutshell it is to say we have virtually no functional dependence on God and because often we see ourselves as independent and have no need for dependence on others, on God, and we can basically figure out things on our own, then when things come in our life that are good, that are worthy of acclaim, we then get proud, right? Because pride in and of itself is not so much possessing extraordinary talents, viewing uh, my skills as highly, or even showcasing gifts for the benefit of others. Pride instead spurs us on to view ourselves as the only one in the world who matters, to think that somehow we have earned a kind of prime spot in the universe. I have no need for others, for God, I can do it on my own. And this posture of the heart removes God from the throne, relegating him to a kind of supporting role in our story. This pride sees not just our culture, but also our faith as a tool for self-fulfillment. Pride is not thinking too much of myself. Pride is thinking of myself far too much. Because if you think about it, the root of pride is the demand for God-free self-determination. We see this clearly in the biblical text when God rebukes the proud king of Babylon for his satanic selfishness. Says this in God's word Have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn? You've been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit and throne on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Now, this is the original lie that the enemy launched at Adam and Eve to sever their connection with God. And that is you can be like God apart from God. Now, rather than becoming like God, we end up as distorted caricatures of our wants and our whims. And whenever we struggle, pride is present there too. It kicks in by getting us to try harder, it points us to external realities such as our reputation, social standing, driving us to perform rather than humbly depend on God. Pride leads us to use self-help strategies and coping mechanisms rather than crying out to God for help. Spiritual success and spiritual despair equally causes us to focus on our own spiritual performance and take our eyes away from the grace and mercy of God. When we do well, we pride ourselves in doing well. When we are in the pit, we pride ourselves in being able to fix ourselves. And so we try harder, we perform harder unto no end. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to liberate us from the all-consuming burden of pride so that we are free to love well. The antidote to pride is humility. And humility is not a virtue reserved for just the spiritual elite. It is the only appropriate response to seeing who Jesus is and who we are in him. Tim Keller puts this so well, he says this, that human beings have very little power over themselves. 95% of what sets the course of their lives is ultimately completely outside their control. This includes the century and place they're born in, who their parents and family are, their childhood environments, physical stature, genetically hardwired talents, and most of the circumstances they find themselves in. In short, all we are and have is given to us by God. We are not infinite creators, but finite, dependent creatures. Now, doesn't that ring so true? And when we realize this, when we humble ourselves to recognize that we have a creator God who has ordained all things in our lives, and that same creator God is also the ever-present Father who helps us in our time of need, that humility liberates us from the tyranny of pride. Now, this trait of humility is so desirable that when Jesus describes his heart, gives us insight to who he is as a person. He describes his heart as that which is gentle and lowly, or in some translations, gentle and humble in heart. If life is daunting for the proud, with God opposing them, it is then delightful for the humble, who enjoy his grace, his mercy, his favour. And when we are humble, our weaknesses are then turned for strength, Our needs are provided for and the things we thought would exclude us from God's goodness becomes the very means of invitation to us and join them. God promises grace to the humble of heart and favor for those who willingly lower themselves for the good of others. It says this in James chapter 4 verse 6. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. In some translations it says, but God gives grace generously to the humble. And we know grace not just as an airy fairy kind of thing, but grace which is divine empowerment there's god putting wind beneath your sails causing you to soar causing you to be propelled for causing you to be able to do what you couldn't possibly do in your own human strength that is grace and when we are humble when we recognize that we can't do it on our own and we need him that is where empowerment happens humility is the doorway to divine exchange where our weaknesses and failings are exchanged for his strength and his grace. I'll close off with a final passage of scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23-24. It says this in God's word. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24 he who is faithful will do it now our faith is not placed so much in our own ability to achieve the right outcomes but our faith is placed in he who is faithful in he who says that he will sanctify us through and through that this sanctification that we are so seeking after being made right with god isn't a byproduct of our own will and effort. It is the Spirit's working within us. And how do we come to a place of inviting the Spirit to work within us? It is when we are humble and recognize our weakness and the strength and majesty of our Savior King. And so, this morning, even as we close off this podcast, let us respond to God's Word this morning as we ask for his grace as we come to him this morning in a posture of humility recognizing that we don't have the answers in and of ourselves this morning perhaps you need to repent of pride you need to repent of being independent in your living in your ways where god has no role in your life you need to come back to a kind of holy dependence this morning And perhaps you need God's grace today to overcome certain challenges and hurdles in your life. Perhaps you're struggling with sin this morning. Perhaps you haven't conducted yourself in a really good and honourable and Christian way in the last couple of weeks. You need God's grace to confess, to repent and to commit to live differently. God's grace is available for you this morning. And that is the good news of the gospel. Where sin abounds, God's grace abounds even more so. Where there is sin, where there is weakness and depravity, God's grace meets us in the point of our weakness, where we are told because of the good news of the gospel that we don't have to fix it on our own. We have a Messiah, we have a Savior, we have an Advocate for us. And this morning, in humility, let us invite the ministry of the Holy Spirit to meet us in our weakness. So this morning, I invite you to get into a position that is comfortable for you. And however you would best express it, I want you to, in your own way, ask for God's grace to meet you this morning. Perhaps you can lift your hands. Perhaps you can look up. And to the best of your ability, posture your body to receive of God's grace this morning. I invite you to take a deep breath this morning. As you breathe in, picture yourself, imagine yourself breathing in God's grace this morning. His grace that is all-sufficient, His mercies that are new every morning. And as you breathe out, just picture yourself expelling every ounce of pride, of independence in you. And as you are relying on air to live today, picture yourself in the same manner relying on God's grace and mercy to live today. His grace is as important for our living as the air that we breathe. And so let's spend a few moments taking in His grace and committing ourselves to humility. I spent a few moments this morning doing so. amazing let me pray for you even as we close off this podcast father we profess our great need for you this morning we are so so in need of you even as we are confronted with our depravity with our failings and our weakness god we pray we will not just delve and spiral into despondency and despair but our hearts will hope because we know that when we come to you in humility you give us grace You give us grace to overcome. You give us grace to triumph. You give us grace to uh, break through, even through the things that we struggle with. And God, we in humility ask for your grace this morning. Help us, we pray. In your name, Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. Have a great off day today. I'll see you for Sunday service online on our Facebook page grace and peace God bless hey thanks so much for tuning into to the daily podcast we'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday if you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out uh, you can look us up on our website www.thecity.sg or check us out on our various social media platforms we'll see you at the next episode peace